I wanted to share something with you today. Brides Against Breast Cancer Charity promotes October's National Donate Your Wedding Dress Month in conjunction with Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Brides Against Breast Cancer Charity was founded in 1997, and they're promoting its National Donate Your Wedding Dress Month. A bride can give their dress a second chance for a second life before it goes out of date. Brides are increasingly realizing that their daughters or nieces will likely not wear their dress like in yesteryear and also want to unclutter their new household. Brides Against Breast Cancer focuses on awareness and early detection education. Brides Against Breast Cancer asks recent brides to donate their wedding dresses so they can be resold to brides-to-be at affordable prices. The proceeds help raise funds for breast cancer causes. Early detection education programs are often considered the most impactful dollar that can be spent for saving lives and saving costs. Brides Against Breast Cancer also supports research charities as breast cancer affects almost one in seven women, and that rate is still sadly increasing. For more information, please head to bridesagainstbreastcancer.org. Thank you so much. graduated her so that we could talk about all the fun things that happen the day after you get married and for the rest of your life. So if uh, we hope that you'll, if you have any stories, you'll reach out to us to share with us. But we also know that talking everything bridal is still super important to us. So that said, Carrie and I, Carrie Tabaski, hi! hi. I didn't even introduce you. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Carrie's going to slip out at some point because she, you know, children, responsibilities, <laughs> mom stuff. Mom stuff. Where she's wearing several hats right now. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got, and there's one here that says cock and wise ass, which you can see on our social media. Um, but today we are very excited. We have a special guest on Bitchless Bride and Beyond. This wedding planner reached out to me to share her expertise. And frankly, when I received her note, I immediately thought, well, this should be interesting. You see, Nicole Denane isn't just a wedding planner. She's a Catholic wedding planner and has helped brides and grooms plan their weddings for over 20 years. She says that Catholic weddings are, quote, her thing and is well-versed. Total pun. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Uh, and, and can be, I know, right? Thank you for laughing. I cracked myself up. That was a delayed reaction. It was delayed. Um, and she can be your guide through all the how-tos of Catholic wedding planning. Honestly, as a wedding planner myself, I wasn't completely sold until I read the last part of her note. She said, quote, so many girls get married in Catholic churches where there's no one to help them pull all the details together. The brides who get the shortest end of the stick are the non-Catholic ones marrying Catholic boys who are just doing what their moms expect them to do. I can help. I can take all of the complicated do's and don'ts plus the rules of the church and make it clear. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? And, and I, I get to go. Oh, and I love you. Bye, <laughs> Carrie. I love you. Bye. Slam the door on the way out. Okay. Uh, once I read that, I totally knew I needed to, to talk to her. We chatted for over an hour. And based on that conversation, I knew I had to have her on the show to educate you, honestly, in a way that I couldn't. So, so now I'm going to let Nicole share her expertise. And I'll interject with a few questions and probably a few laughs and probably a few inappropriate heckles and <laughs> whatnot. So, Nicole, thank you for being here. I didn't butcher your last name, did I? Not at all. You did great. Danae, and I was like, I was really, really working on that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Awesome. I'm, I truly, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, I've learned that I, I, I tend to get a lot of people who want to be on the show and I have to vet and you and I talked for over an hour and it was such a lovely conversation. And I think that what you're doing is just so amazing. And Thanks. I, I really do. And it, cause it's something I really didn't think about as somebody who's a Jewish girl, you know, I married a, an Albanian Orthodox dude who like, I love that he's, <laughs> he's not religious. So we, we eloped, but so how, how did you get started in such a niche area of wedding planning? So I worked for my church, um, right about the time I started having babies and, the wedding coordinator that we had at the time needed to go on vacation. And I said, well, I'll do it because she had a wedding that weekend. I said, just show me how to do it. And honestly, from that point forward, I loved it. 
it got easier over time because I knew how to better navigate people. Sure. But it just was something that I fell in love with. I'm an oldest child and a major heavy duty control freak. And this is the <laughs> way for me to work that out. Well, it's so funny. I love the, the, the older child. I'm the younger child, but I will tell you a control freak. Definitely love, love a good spreadsheet. Love the details. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I love that. And, and I, first of all, there are so many questions. I think that even a quote unquote good Catholic girl or boy would probably not know because they haven't been educated in that for so long or whatever you know what I mean like and absolutely and to have somebody they don't have to be yeah they will which is amazing because I, I I think that takes a whole load of stress off of you when when you say okay you don't have to be an expert you're not an expert in wedding planning like the bride and no. groom or the groom and groom or whoever but you're you like you don't have to be an expert in the religion either and I think there's a lot of stress there um there's a lot and girls I get more phone calls from girls that are crying doesn't happen so much anymore, but they're crying because it's so overwhelming to them. And if they start off with a priest or someone on staff that just throws up all this stuff on them, then they're very overwhelmed. It's overwhelming to begin with, but now you've added on, I don't know, special layer or maybe (laughs) guilt that that they are, are being fed by maybe somebody on staff. See, and that's, trust me, as a Jew, like I said, that we're full of guilt. And I've decided, <laughs> right? I'm in my 40s and I refuse to feel fucking guilty anymore. I'm just done. I'm just done. I don't, I, I agree. I, right? I'm done with that. So, and you know Absolutely. what? You know what's so funny? When I read your note and truly, and like I said in the opening, um, you had me quote unquote sold when you said that the brides who get the shortest ends of the stick are the non-Catholic ones marrying the Catholic boys who are just doing what their moms expect them to do. Because, All the time. Because I, yes, and because I know this happens a lot, and there, there's a lot of excess research that needs to be done before I do. Tell me what advice would be to me, like a Jew or whoever, if you're marrying outside of your faith um, and marrying a nice Catholic boy or girl and planning a <laughs> wedding. I mean, please, we need the cliff notes here. We need, we want all the cheat sheets here. So the short version is to find somebody that can explain it to you. And that's where I found um, my joy is that I was able to, on the staff of the churches where I work, to have that ability to explain it all to them and sit down and say, this is what it means. And I don't even, when I say this is what it means, I don't mean this is what it means in the Bible, or this is what it means in Canada law. I, this is what it means to you. This is when you stand up, and this is when you sit down, and you need to find someone to do this, and this is what they're going to do. Plain, simple <laughs> language, the, the, the do's, the don'ts, the can-do's, the can't-do's, those sorts of things. They just want it in plain language. So when I get, to, when I get a girl who's just overwhelmed and panicked, I say this to them. I also say this at all of my wedding rehearsals. To listen, for those of you that are here and are not Catholic and you're slightly panicked at the idea of a Catholic wedding, please know that most Catholics are panicked at the idea of a Catholic <laughs> wedding, which is why I get to do what I do every weekend. Yes. So I, I want to be able to have that full conversation with them and, and give them as much detail as I, as I think they want or need. And I can feel that out generally sure. based on what they may or may not already know. There might be a Catholic girl who's fairly versed in it, but she might have gotten baptized and then her parents never took her to church again or she never opted to go, whatever. But I can fill that in. And at the end of a conversation, more often than not, I hear them go, oh, I'm so glad I talked to you. I feel so much better now. They've made it so much bigger in their heads than it actually is. Well, don't and we? All, we always that do that. Not... You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah, oh, I yeah. I think even just being a woman, you, you know, all those fights that you have in your head that never actually happen. It's like yeah. it's it's like one of those. And and you're right though. It's you you kind of build it up because because it's the unknown. It's we don't Absolutely. we don't know what we don't know, and therefore we are afraid of it. And mm-hmm. having somebody and I love that you mentioned the rehearsal because I I run a lot of rehearsals and people turn into like five-year-old little kids <laughs> right <laughs> they they need to be told where to go who to walk behind they don't want yeah. to miss their, basically they just don't want to fuck it up on the wedding day but they also don't want to be like the center of attention and right. and be the one that like screws it up or trips down the aisle <laughs> and and that's the other thing i add to it at the end before we get everybody up and put them in their place i said and i kind of direct this more to the bridal party and i say listen there's nothing that you guys can do at this point that will mess it up so badly 
that they won't still be married in the end. Oh, that's they, a good point. <laughs> right? There's only two people in the room at this point that can muck it up, and it's not any of the bridal party. And these two have done so much planning to get to this point. They're not. They're It'll not going to muck so, it up. No. I, yes. and, and, you know, it's crazy that last week we had Lindsay on, and she was a bride who did call off her wedding shortly after oh. she got engaged. But she, she wasn't going to get married till April of 2020. But – it, trust me, the only way people wouldn't get married, they know at this point. It's very, it's very yeah. rare that those are the people that would do it. But it's, but really, what I found too, people just really want to know where to go, where to walk. Yeah. It's almost like you need X's on the crowd. <laughs> right. Well, and what's funny about that is there's a priest whom I adore. I've known him since before he became a deacon. So long, I think he just celebrated his 25th anniversary of being a priest. Wow. So at his wedding rehearsals, he gets super detailed super detailed and i said to him lovingly father <laughs> they don't need all of that information they're you're just overwhelming them with stuff really can you just let me tell them when to sit down and stand up and where to move to no they need all of this and he's it, that's his thing like he just likes to make them detailed and 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 that's okay that's fine sure. it, we work we work well together I don't think they need it. I just want to go, and we're going to roll through this, and you guys will be fine. It'll be fine tomorrow. Exactly. Well, and exactly. And they're also thinking, I got to get to the rehearsal dinner. There's like yeah. this is this is the beginning of a bigger event, like not like the wedding, but like for that night. So right. you have you, you know that there's family flying into town, and whoever can make the rehearsal usually does their best to make the rehearsal like, for what for exactly what I said for just feeling comfortable and confident that they're going to do and be in the right place the next day. Uh, right. So, but but to have all that added, oh my god, I couldn't even imagine like the long winded. Oh my god, that no. just oh, that makes me just like want to <laughs> cringe. Oh god. Well, so the, the, the one thing that he does that's so funny, and I chastise him about this as well. The first time he said it, he said it to a girl in premarital when they were still doing counseling, and right. she called me after the counseling, just crying, and I said, <laughs> "What happened?" And she said. Father said that if we're not looking directly at each other's eyes, when we say our vows, he's going to stop the wedding <gasps> and he's going to take us behind the altar and the sacristy where we can talk it all out. And I just was, I, my eyes rolled so oh. far back in my head. And I said, listen to me, he's not going to do that. And you're not going to be not looking at each other. You're going to be fine. You won't and be so able to look can... anywhere else. <laughs> And he says it during rehearsals now. And so I, so I, now I, I warn the girls. I said, listen, this is what he's going to say. Don't panic. Don't, don't worry about it. You'll, it'll be fine. Nobody's, none of my weddings have ended up on YouTube and, <laughs> and it'll be fine. That, you know, that is pretty much, that's the, like, that's how, you know, if they've ended up on yeah. YouTube, then you're totally screwed. But, but I, why won't he, but why won't he change his verbiage or why won't like, I mean, have you, I know you've been very candid with him, but can you say like, you're freaking everybody out? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've said that in so many words, but he's, he's, um, not only is he a priest, but he's ex-army. Oh my and goodness. So by the book. That's just, yes, he's very by the book. And I appreciate that because we worked together for the longest time at a military college here. And so when the wedding starts at three or the rehearsal starts at five, it starts then. Like, it's time to go. Oh, absolutely. And I can appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that because I feel like I always have to tell the brides and grooms or grooms and grooms, brides, brides, whatever, that typically ceremonies will start late. And sometimes that happens when you have like a justice of the peace or you have somebody like mm. a friend who is you know who got um i forget the word i'm totally spacing on the word ah who got ordained for the day and so oh right they don't know how to help take control of the situation or sometimes people are just late and you have to wait for them but i do i have to say like when i've worked with priests and they are like hey we need to move this along we have a full mass we have something going on like that makes mm -hmm. me really happy because i've worked really hard and i'm sure you have too as a wedding planner to create a timeline that makes sense, that makes sense for the ceremony, that makes sense for the pictures, to, that makes sense for pretty much everything else that is going to happen when, you know, when they say I do. <laughs> and yeah. I, oh my God, I can only imagine if he actually took people in the back to discuss something. I, I can only imagine what the guests would be thinking. <laughs> oh, I'd be, I would be mortified. I mean, I, I would hope that that, I never see that happen. I know he in particular stopped one time a wedding, not because of the bride and groom, because the photographer was very intrusive. Oh my God, um, really? Tell me about oh yeah. that. 
so I, it was a big wedding um, at the military chapel or the, the school chapel, and it probably four or 500 people. And I wow. saw the photographer, and I usually make a point of going to all the photographers, the videographers, anybody serving like that and saying, look, this is who I am. Here are the rules. And for Catholic weddings, we say wherever you are as far as video or photography, you're one row behind the last row of guests because you guys aren't in the wedding. You're not part of, you know, we want you to sure. not be in it. So we're, so we're pretty strict about that. And I remember the photographer coming in, and I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, I know her. Oh, no. She knows the rules. She's fine. Oh. And I, I was just kind of caught up in all this other stuff. And then I just didn't ever get to her because my head said, oh, you, she's fine. She's fine. And, she knows. Um, she wasn't. <gasps> and she didn't know the rules. And he stopped. Oh, my God. When she was, and I still don't quite understand how she even thought this was okay, but she was on the floor in between the like sitting in the middle of the aisle in between like the parents of the bride and the parents of the oh my pictures <gasps> oh yeah my. I mean I'm all for getting the good shot but I mean come on <gasps> right right oh. stopped the wedding told her she had to move back <laughs> oh was... my god he's like yeah. excuse me hold on a second let me just put this photographer in her place literally and physically <laughs> and I'll yes. move her along Oh my! Wildly awkward. Oh my! Wildly awkward. That is that is yeah. the exact. I was going to say. I feel bad for her. <laughs> I wonder. You know, it's so funny that I wonder what the conversation was like between the couple and her after the wedding. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. How might how might have that looked? <laughs> right. Well, and I've had plenty of photographers come to me and they say, "Well, I need to get the, you know, the bride's face or the groom's face." So we do this first look thing, and I go, "That's fine. You can get it from here, yeah. but you can't get it from." Well, but the bride said, and I go, "I'm." We have rules, and they're, we've given them given them to you. That's why, even after that incident, I apologized to the priest, and I said, Father, this was my fault. I didn't get you. And he goes, it's not your fault. These yeah, they rules know. are posted, and we have them in the policy. And, and the other thing is I know from my photographer friends who I have some very, very close photographer friends who I know they can switch their lenses out to get what they need. And I know, sure. that, you know what I mean? Like you can't blatantly b break the rules and expect not to be reprimanded. I, I mean, especially in such a sacred environment. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I'd imagine yes. that you've had your fair share of like really kind priests and also difficult. Like the one you just mentioned, he didn't sound difficult. He just sounded like I'm a rule follower. Are... Absolutely. Oh, no, he is. And I adore him. Right? And I, yeah, that's the two he is. Right. And that's just, and like, listen, there are things about my husband that I totally adore. And, that, you know, and then there's just those things that that's just how he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where right. I'm just like, okay, I knew what I was getting into. Um, but what about like any, and I always hate to ask this question of anybody in a, like in clergy, but any stories about priests gone wrong or like that our listeners could learn from, you know, about, um, about you know, just like a bad priest. No, well, the, the, it's always best, if possible, and it's not always possible. It depends on the size of the church you're getting married at. I know there's some places where they have um, chapels, and they just run people through them like it's Vegas, because, like, say, at, at Annapolis, uh, the Naval Academy, they right. just run people through, and most military schools do it like that. But, for example, well, I would say know your priest and, and make the opportunity, make the time to meet with them so that they know you, and you're not surprised. When you get there and go, oh, who's this guy? And why is he saying all this awful <laughs> stuff? When there's a priest that um, several years ago I did a wedding, and the priest couldn't, the priest that was supposed to do it couldn't come. He was sick. And he called me and he said, Nicole, I'm sick. Um, who should I get? And I said, Well, Father, on this short notice, you can ask one of these three guys. Sure. Because if they can't come to the rehearsal, I know them, they know me, and, and we'll I still can make it happen. We'll be fine on Saturday. So I get to the rehearsal, and it's not any of those guys. Oh, it's no. somebody else entirely. <gasps> and he's, we're in the cathedral, and he's moving furniture, which oh. is a huge no-no. <gasps> it's like going into somebody else's house and moving their stuff around. <laughs> oh, this will work better. <laughs> that, so he's up there moving I mean, the I've furniture, wanted and to. I am just, like, wringing my hands. I said, Father, if my senior walks in here and sees you doing this, I am square up finger at you. <laughs> and he said, absolutely, I'm fine with that, as he continues to move the furniture, and I'm just getting the vapors over the whole thing so then the wedding party shows up now this is a family that has six children oh my I have goodness done all right the first i've done three weddings in this family this is the fourth of six that i'm going to do so i know these people lovely family 
So we get up there, and he runs through the rehearsal. I kind of walk in and out as I move people around and tell them where to stand. And we get to the end, and he says, so here we are at the end, and I'm going to say this, that, and the other thing, and then I'm going to ask you to go ahead and kiss your bride. And, of course, everybody stands there because nobody wants to do that in front of a priest. Right. And the priest goes, no, no, go ahead and give her a kiss. So he leans over the groom, and he gives her a very little chaste kiss on the cheek. And the priest goes, no, 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 not like that. You're going to want to kiss her like you mean it and then launches oh. into this five-minute lecture about how sex is a gift from god oh my I god thought, <laughs> i mean oh. i agree but maybe i wouldn't i would not feel comfortable <laughs> oh, oh, I could, her parents were like, just to the right of me i could barely move my head i did not want to look at them i wanted the floor to just open up so that i could fall into it <laughs> the groomsmen were hysterical all of them were well they were probably part floor. drunk at that point like you know oh <laughs> awful it was just awful and he just he's 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 nice but rather bombastic and very much about him so that's where that that is absolutely fucking amazing i'm sorry because that just no that that is absolutely well i think it goes back to like so if, if if brides or grooms aren't working with somebody like you i think the the moral of this story too is to also like you interview all of your other vendors you and you take the yes. time to do your research and a priest really shouldn't be any different if you're especially like if you're not getting married in the town that you grew up in and you know the people and you right. know you know what I mean like it's really important to do your research so those kind of things don't you know happen how did the bride and groom kit like kiss <laughs> like kiss kiss they did but everybody <laughs> was about 42 shades of red through the entire thing. <laughs> I was gonna say how did that work out for them and like he didn't have them like have sex in a corner somewhere like God. as a gift from God <laughs> You're getting married tomorrow. It's fine. Going up to her mom and dad with my head down and my hands over my eyes. Going, I'm so sorry. Did anyone say anything? It was awful. I bet. Did Did anyone say anything to you? Like, oh my god, who's this? No. Everybody kind of had the whole deer in the headlights look afterwards, and I said, "It'll be fine. Trust me, it'll be fine." And it was. But it just. I don't know. Everybody's emotions are so raw at a rehearsal. Do we really need to add more to it? No, my God. Well, and that's the thing. They're raw because they're, it's like their their mind is swirling with all the different things they're trying to remember and all the different yeah. people. I mean, you have your friends and family from all walks of your life typically at your wedding. So there's also yeah. some happy excitement, like of who, all the people you get to see after at the rehearsal dinner who've come into town to celebrate with you. And then you've got this priest who's talking about how sex is a gift. And I agree with him. I just, the timing sure. isn't necessarily, uh, I mean, I don't ever want to discuss that with, you know, somebody uh, huh. like I, I just, I mean, the, with the right. with mixed company, I guess is the word, what I'm searching for. Oh my god, On that the altar of your church. Yeah, that's just weird. Like I just I couldn't. <laughs> and like and with my parents, I said uh, I had a conversation right. with my dad. Actually, a very serious conversation about like wills and like you know, God forbid anything happened to him and you know where I could find all this stuff and like I said something oh that we were talking about a doctor who through one of my pregnancies like was really helpful and he's like oh you know Bruce Bruce would know some of this stuff like with the wills and, and whatever it was and like he's also had his hand up my vagina my dad's like okay so <laughs> I'm gonna go now I was like oh I'm so sorry dad I don't even know where that came from <laughs> he's like well I don't know him well I'm like well his hand's been up my vagina and he's like Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm confident that I never used the word vagina in front of my father. I'm confident never. that I never will again. <laughs> like, I'm confident that I won't. And my dad, I like, I, my dad is actually one of the people that helped me, like, figure out the name Bitchless Bride. I mean, now we're Bitchless Bride and Beyond, so we could talk about all these funny stories. Um, sure. But he, I, I, I don't think I've ever... I mean, you know, we don't have like body part conversations. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, my God, Dad, I am so sorry. I don't actually know where that came from, but I've been, I got a good laugh. I can imagine that that bride and groom now have some of the like, that's a great story. Like, I hope honestly, they don't remember. It. <laughs> no, I would. There's no way that that's like burned on their brains. The parents, I think, probably blocked it out. But I, like when they go to have when they go to tell a story and they know some getting married or friends getting married, they're gonna be like, oh, my God, right. let, me, let me tell you about our substitute priest. <laughs> the, oh, the, the guy the looks, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. And but and so if you're a bride and a groom and like and maybe you don't live in an area, maybe you've moved, like you said, like you're in a you're in South Carolina, you know, there's military, there's air force bases, etc. So say there's a couple that has moved and they are looking to get married in a Catholic church. What I mean, what should they be researching? What should they be looking for? Uh, if they don't um, know, like, it's, I mean, obviously you want to make sure you get along with them, but do they have to, yeah. you know, do the pre-con and like, can you explain that in a way that would make people not panic? <laughs> well, when you're coming from out of town and we do a fair amount of destination weddings here in Charleston. And so when girls call, I feel fortunate that I have, if they get to me, cause I'm responsible for weddings in three churches, but if they get to me, then I can at least give them a, a picture of where everything is and what they might want to look out for. So, for example, we have here um, in May and June a two-week arts festival, and there's a buttload of people that come into town, and all the um, hotel room rates go up. There's just It's just a lot of stuff going on, and depending on where you're getting married, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. And so one year I had a lady call, and she said, we want to get married on this particular Friday next year, and as soon as she said the date, I said, well, Without even looking, I can prob- I can tell you that that is the opening day of Spoleto. And she said, what's that? And I go, oh, oh you should really research that before <laughs> you put any money down on anything. And so I've lived here for a long time. I know when all of those weird things are, people who of course. want to schedule it because they like this date. And I go, mm, that's bridge run weekend. You really don't want to do that. And, <laughs> and so I can navigate those things that they won't know if they're coming from somewhere else. But that's so, that's then, really important. Go ahead. I mean that that can that can make or break that can make or break their guests coming in. That can make or break sure. so many different aspects. Sure. And the the other part of that is so we've picked this church, and I go, okay, well then let's take into consideration the timing of things. Like, can we get there during rush hour? If I want to get married on a Friday afternoon, is it really going to suck trying to get to that church and have all my guests trying to get to that church at five o'clock on a Friday? Because five o'clock on a Friday is a fun time to have a wedding. But not if, if not if you're in the middle of downtown hell and exactly. can't get anywhere. Ex- well, I was so, going to say, I mean, you, that, that that's that's a huge, that's a very valid point. In any city, in any state where you are, yes. you especially if you get married on a Friday and, and people are breaking rules. I mean, I was in New York yeah. the other day and I'm literally walking out of a meeting and I walked past Grand Central and there was a bride and groom. It must have been like 3.30 and they were getting their photos taken. I'm like, fuck, it's Wednesday. I'm like, I literally had to go, <laughs> what day is it? But but that's the thing. And what my my business partner and my co-host, Carrie, and I didn't know, it was UN week when, when we were there. Oh. So we got oh. there. Oh, my God. And it was like barricades and like uh, also like p- the police force was absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it, like several diplomats. Like I mean, it was actually really exciting. But I, all I thought was when I saw that bride on a Wednesday thinking, I wonder if she knew before and I was also wondering why the fuck my my hotel room was so expensive and then I realized oh "Oh, they all we like we where we were staying was pretty much like the hub so that's a very important question so if there is a you or there isn't a you and say they're getting married in you know Montana or just like they want to have a destination wedding somewhere where they're not familiar it's very important to be able to understand and know what festivals are going on there what's the weather going to be like educate yourself and then again looking for a church and looking for the priest just making sure that you have the opportunity to meet with them or find a you out there a south carolina nicole (laughs) but in montana or northern california or wherever people want to get married around the country and but do your research and do the education or like educate yourself so that you're not going to find yourself getting married at a time when it's inconvenient, but also difficult for your bride or for your guests to get there. Absolutely. And there's so many things that could be affected by that. Not only that it's a town, let's just say it's not a, a town like Charleston that has a lot of that kind of stuff. If you get married on a campus, because most, a lot of times campus chapels, are, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, and they can house yeah. a lot of people. Well, make sure you're not going to get married in the middle of a football game when there's 70,000 people tailgating, <laughs> and you can't get anywhere near things. I mean, you'd have some really cool pictures, like, hey, do you, who wants a hot dog and a beer? But it might not be exactly yeah. what you're looking for. But that's a that's a very, very valid point. I thought about that um, last Saturday 
uh, or last Sunday, I mean, when the Patriots were playing, I'm in, I'm in Boston and the Patriots were playing. And I thought about the people having a, like a Sunday afternoon wedding mm. and did they check did, or did they care? I mean, maybe they weren't a sports family or, but you can, right. you can imagine anytime that I've worked, especially in the Boston area and it's been October, if it's been September and we've got the Red Sox and all that, I've always had to check the schedule to make sure that if they don't mind, if they're in a place where can, I mean, people look down on their phones now, but if they want to see the game and there's some sports sure. families that are like, yeah, we want the TV on during our cocktail reception. Like, and, and like, I would never do that, but that's something you need to know. You absolutely right. need to know. So what? Well, and we got married um, a few years after Hurricane Hugo and we damn well knew better. And we got married in the middle of hurricane season. <laughs> and it didn't even occur to me. We both just said, yeah, we want to get married in October. It's our favorite time of year, blah, blah, blah. And and didn't even think about it. Unfortunately, it turned out to be a spectacular day. But you're but like, that was a gamble. Total gamble. And there's been plenty of girls where I pointed that out to them. They go, oh, I never really thought about that. And some of them go, eh, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, I'm fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, I got I one. You told that's. I was just going to ask you when we talked earlier. You said that you had a bride. You you had to change everything, and I loved her attitude. Will you share that story? Sure. She was lovely. She called. So I worked at the time. In addition for my, in addition to working for my church, I also worked for a small city down here, and we were privy to just a little teeny bit ahead of time information coming from the governor that you know, there was a hurricane coming. We all knew that, but she was going to close the barrier islands and ones that were right on the shore, everybody was going to have to go. She's going to make this a mandatory evacuation. So I knew this the day before the general public did, and I thought, I've got to tell oh, her, shit. because once they lock <laughs> it down, I mean, I can get on because I have an ID. The priest can get on because he lives here. But beyond that, I can't get you and your 80 friends on the island. I don't, I'm not that special. So <laughs> I, I called her, and the beginning of our conversation, she was like, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to, the storm's going to turn, and we're going to be fine. And, and you're like, oh, and, honey. And it'll be great. And I said, well, here's the thing. So the governor's going to close the islands tomorrow. And she got real quiet. Oh. And by the end of the conversation, she was not as puppy-peppy as she was at the beginning. And I felt really bad to have to pull that plug. But really, by the end of the week, she just said, you know what? We're going to go to Asheville. We're going to do like a pre-wedding honeymoon. There's some other people going with us. We're going to have a great good time. attitude. She was wonderful, wonderful. And so when a few weeks later, she rescheduled it. We picked it, you know, Veterans Day weekend a month later. And I said, do you want me to redo the cover of the program so it matches? And she said, nope. <gasps> all the stuff that we have with all of the dates, whether they got napkins or whatever it is that they had at their reception, she goes, it's all staying. We're just incorporating that as part of the story. And I said, you're awesome. That is amazing. She was great. That oh my god, what a what a bitchless bride. I mean, seriously, she was. that's I live for that. And and because you know what, we always say on your wedding day, things are going to go wrong. I mean, it just it just happens. Yeah. And it, but part of the part of it, and sometimes it's really stupid, and it doesn't matter. So you know, someone bumped into the cake. Like I've had to re-ice cake, whatever. But it's about yeah. the way you handle it that really mm -hmm. does count. And this woman. I would have given her carte blanche to have a fucking meltdown because that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, you're allowed to be upset about this. You know, this is really right. unfortunate. And this is right. something like and, and maybe at that point, too. I mean, it's a it's a ripple effect where not everybody's going to be able to come to the, that weekend because they have other plans. So it will affect your guest list and it will affect everything. But the fact that they didn't even change the date on the programs, I think that yep. is so cool. They did a great. She started. They were. It was Tuesday when I pulled the plug on the whole thing, so everything was done. She was super organized. She had everything ready to go. And what were you going to do at that point? And I just said, I can't. I have no guarantee we're going to have electricity. And we didn't. The, the island, the pieces of the island, didn't have electricity for five days. So even if there hadn't been a storm that, or something, we, what would we have done? Exactly. There's no air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, oh. See, you would have. <laughs> you would have. You would have lost me. I'm an air conditioning horror. Like right. I. <laughs> like, it's it's terrible. I truly, truly, like, oh, that is the worst. Yeah, yeah. And in the South, it's it can be super bad. I, there was a time, it was a long time ago. So the mayor of Charleston that we had at the time um, was Catholic, and his wife was Episcopalian, and they had two boys. Right. One was a Catholic. They raised one Catholic, one Episcopalian. Oh, my no God. No shit. This is what happened. The Episcopalian boy, if I'm not mistaken, the Episcopalian boy married a Catholic girl, and the Catholic boy married a Episcopalian girl. <laughs> and so the 
uh, so the Episcopalian boy married the Catholic girl at the church where I was at, at the cathedral, and they got married in August. Now, granted, they had a night wedding, and I remember looking at the bride, and I said, what in the hell made you choose August? I said, you live here. You know better than this. What's going on? She goes, oh, I wanted to get married in October, but that's football season, so I knew that battle was lost, so I didn't even bother with it. Oh. <laughs> Oh my but it God. Was hot as hell. Oh my, I, I will even like an, even, you know, I'm in Massachusetts and I planned a wedding and I just remember we did it in August, uh, uh, in Newport and it was a beautiful wedding, but there was a portion that was outside and it was hot as fuck. And like, I, it, yeah. it was, and it's uncomfortable and I, you know, you can, you can, we were, we thought in advance and we had, you know, we had the venue, passing iced tea and you know cold beverages and kind of got cheeky with like a little fan bin but it doesn't matter I mean unless you're standing in front of an air conditioning that's like blowing 67 degrees at you you're uncomfortable and you're dressed up and like I actually felt worse for all the guys because the women were like in you know they were in dresses that were the weather was appropriate so like you know like either a strapless dress or they're in tank dresses but you feel bad like the the guys are you know in (laughs) full-on suits and some were wearing tuxedos and like oh my god how are i was actually starting to worry that people would pass out i mean but that was but i I can't even imagine but that is that is a very real real thing like there are some people where the heat just affects i mean i was talking to to friends of ours who went to a wedding where a lot of it was outside and it's been unseasonably warm on the east coast and you know like they had to kind of switch everything they had to switch the clothes that they were wearing they had to kind of switch everything to make sure that they were going to be comfortable and can kind of like last because that's the other thing the heat makes you tired right you know i remember there was a probably it was a long time ago but i had a i had um all the weddings in october so it was five weekends in a row i mean on october five weekends in a row all of november and the first weekend of december i had weddings one year and it ended up being unseasonably warm the uh. entire time. And it was remarkable because all of those girls had picked short sleeve or off-the-shoulder dresses. Oh, that's I great. I remember thinking at the end, man, you guys took quite the gamble. That was a crapshoot and a half yep. to pick those dresses because Charleston, it's one of those things where you can have a, a mild winter like that or it could just be ridiculous cold. Oh. And it's miserable. Oh. I, speaking of, I have a funny story about that. I had um, – I was working with this amazing Russian bride. She was like one of my favorite brides ever. And I mean, we, there was no expense that was spared. Okay. We did Mm, everything. And I, and I have to say, like, I like loved her. I loved her fiance. Her, I got to know her family. Like it was like one, it was a total love fest. And, but it was in November and it was unseasonably warm because that's, you know, what, that's what's been happening. And it was the, the venue had already switched to heat because it was an older venue. So it was so fucking hot. I mean, everyone was sweating and I felt so bad because the dad kept coming up to me like, Deborah, you got to do something about this. I'm like, I I actually can't like we can crack every single window in here. But I, and again, I am so sorry, but the entire venue can't switch it to air conditioning. It's like, Oh my God. Right. And but that is definitely something to think about. I mean, you, you like yeah. you and and again, on top of that, you have to think about all those little things. But then you want to feel comfortable with the person marrying you. So, I right. mean, right. what what is a takeaway? Like, is there one thing, quote unquote, in particular that you tell all your brides or grooms or like something that would induce like an aha moment? We're like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Well, and I think but I think we've been having that whole conversation. Right. right that I have the whole conversation with them and we talk about all of those things that they haven't thought about. And so, and and I think as far as the priest part goes, a lot of times there's not an an interview sort of piece of that. Like you're getting married, particularly with the destination wedding. Yeah. That's the priestess doing your wedding. Or in some cases, what happens a lot of times here, I feel bad for these girls that are coming from out of town. Some churches are less accommodating than others. They'll say, Hey, you can get married here, but you got to bring your own priest or deacon. Well, Ugh. they may not have that either. And so then we spend this like time rent a priest. around. Like, well, yeah. yeah. They're not standing on straight corners waiting <laughs> for people to ask them to impart the sacraments or anything like that. So there's, you have to <laughs> Wrong profession. Them. Wrong profession. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just it just doesn't happen. And so I don't it's, – it's not I, – I did think about that a lot. And I was like, is there one thing? And there really, there really isn't. There's so many pieces of it, which is true of any wedding, whether sure. it's Catholic or, or not. But it's – 
it's the sitting down, let's kind of talk through all of the all of the things, right? Let's because you're you're worried. You're worried about what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Catholic or not, you don't know what's going to happen. I do. I've done it a thousand times. Exactly. I, I'm very unique in that. You guys are doing this one time. You shouldn't have to know all this. Let's just walk it through so you know what to expect. It's like talking to your kids. Listen, <laughs> we're going out to dinner. I need you to hold your shit together <laughs> for these two hours so your grandparents don't think you're a bunch of monkeys. And oh. then when we get home, knock yourself out. <laughs> Then be a bunch of fucking monkeys. But for night and a half, don't. Oh my, that's so funny. I've, I've like, or you bribe them with like all the shit they can have after if they're not monkeys, and they'll get a like an extra dessert or something. But it's, but that's actually very true. I mean, it's, it's in the end, you know, just treat everyone like a child. Well, <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> I cannot listen. Speaking of a child, this is my, this is my story that I use and I forever about why you don't have children on the altar for weddings. So Ugh, I don't. For, right? There's many obvious good reasons for that. But there was this one where it was a, the last of seven children getting married. Oh, my um, And she was um, very young, and so was her groom. Anyhow, all of her siblings were already married. They all came from this small podunk town in the middle of South Carolina. They came to the cathedral to get married. And she had, no lie, 14 bridesmaids and 14 groomsmen. Oh, and my God. <laughs> It was absurd. So the four the four closest women to her were her sisters. And there was only one at this point in time, one grandchild, this three-year-old little boy. And they said they wanted him to stand over on the other side with the dad, with his dad. Like he would be the second or third guy down away from the groom. And I said, I don't know. Uh, He's kind of young. Why don't you let him sit with his grandparents? He'll be right there in, in the, the front, front row. row. Everything. Nope, they insisted, and I was like, but it's your funeral. So <laughs> they let the kids stand up there. So they get up there for the rings and the vows, and no lie, as soon as they start the vow part, this child who's standing there on the altar with his father, like his dad has his hands on his shoulders, right? So he knows the kid's moving or not moving. This child starts picking his nose like it's an Olympic sport. <laughs> And his mother is standing on the other side, a few down from the bride, giving the mom eye. You know what? Yeah. I mean, oh, right? the hairy the eyeball. Eye. That's what my mom oh, calls yeah. it. Yep. Yep. Giving him the mom eye and giving the dad the mom. I can see it at the back of the church. I'm <laughs> way at the back of the church, and I can see all this one. I'm so glad. No video camera running. This is mortifying. <laughs> and because you knew everybody was looking at that kid. Everybody. <laughs> but. But, you know, it's so funny. Like, it sucks that that's a wedding day. But in my head, like, later, that is such a fantastic story. Like, like, and hopefully all those friends, if you said that they were, you know, kind of young, and hopefully all the friends are like, okay, we were going to have our niece or nephew (laughs) in the wedding, but we have decided that they are going to sit in the front row. Like, go down the aisle in the wagon, have them dump the pedals down. That is so cute, and that is so special. That's great. Sit in the front yeah. row. And, like, if you need to pick yeah. your nose and, like, three people see it. Like, who cares? He's three. Right. But, like, oh. <laughs> that is, oh, yeah. like, I, but see, but those, but those are, like, the little things, too, that, like, True. that is totally mortifying. But as a bride and groom telling that story, I mean, those, all of those little moments like that make your wedding yeah. day so special and so funny. We have to find some of the humor in it, too. Like, for me, to get through some some even, like, excitingly awesome days, still a little nerve-wracking, like, that's funny. But I wouldn't want it okay. at my wedding. <laughs> oh, no. And, I, and I, I, I don't know if, you know, the bride ever knew about it or anything like that. But, boy, you knew that everybody else knew. <laughs> oh, that is well, and it's funny because I have a four-year-old little boy who sometimes I look over. I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, you're gonna lose a finger! Like, what are you doing?" And like, can you go wash your hands, please? Like, wash your elbows because, oh my god! And he just like looks at me with this like shit-eating grin. Like, I don't really care. I'm like, oh well, you you know. Oh my God, little boys, man! Like I love that little man, but sometimes, but he'll do that, or he'll just moon people. That's been the, the newest thing, which is lovely. Oh, oh my, lovely. Uh, yeah, he does. It's it's pretty fantastic, and and it doesn't happen outside of the house. But if we have friends over, suddenly, like he's like, "Hey, butt cheeks!" And it's like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> just sitting out until morning, he's gonna be doing these things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you the last question. Um, sure. So 
so you're you're men- you're you're in South Carolina, which is amazing. And if you live there and are getting married there, fantastic. But if you're not South Carolina based, Nicole has created. I and I want to. And you didn't ask me to do this. I want to do this because I'm fascinated with what you did. Uh, okay. You created an online webinar that helps brides and grooms that you guys can access at your leisure, which is key. What what can you tell us about that? What can you like? What can the happy couple expect to take away from a webinar? And why is it necessary? Like, if they have you or if they don't. Like, if I'm in Massachusetts and just want to learn more about getting married in a Catholic church, I would totally go here and be like, "Please help me." Well, this so the so the there's two things. The the blog that I have talks about some some of the details of like maybe um the wedding paperwork like when you what you need to get married in the catholic church which hopefully the priest is doing with you but sure. some do and some don't so there's some details lots of details actually on the, the blog pieces that i have the webinar is let's get down to the dirty of doing your program because you guys need to know what's going to happen during mass whether you're having what's called a, a nuptial mass which is right. a full mass with communion or you're having a wedding that doesn't have communion there's still a lot of details, and you need to know who's doing what, when they're doing it. And for the people who are not Catholic, they want to go, well, why do I have to have that? I don't like that, or I don't know what that is. And so the webinar says, okay, here's where the first reading comes from. And I mean, I go into the detail. We walk in, wow. and I say, you're going to walk in. The priest is going to say X, Y, and Z. He's going to have you sit down. Then we're going to have the readings, and it's going to be the first reading comes from the Old Testament. Here's why it comes from the Old Testament. Because oh, my God, that's amazing. Because when the girls read the Old Testament readings, they go, I don't like both. They're all old-fashioned. <laughs> well, here's why they come from the Old Testament. So it's, And I'm not making it even churchy, really. No, it's, it's, a, it's, it's you're educating. That's the whole key. Yes. yes. Here's the whys in addition to the how-tos. And then I kind of say, well, here's something about the – you know, I go through processionals and recessionals and what's appropriate and what's not and – um, and that's and we talk about music because a lot of people want music, and I go, well, these things are appropriate and these things aren't, and and here's why. But I, it's important to me, and I hope to the couple that they understand why these things are the way yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and again, I do all of that without. There's no. There's no like in the 1700s. This is why the church changed it. I don't care. <laughs> I know who gives a shit. Just this is yeah. what these are. What this is what's expected of you. And and yeah. I and well and again we talked about this at the beginning. It almost like comes right back to the rehearsal. People want to know where to go, when to do it, yeah. and a bride and groom want to be able to know where there's what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to go, and make yeah. sure they're doing it correctly. Right. Nobody wants to look the fool up there. No, God, especially not when you're all dressed up. <laughs> right. No, you, you know? want it to be nice, and it, it, it and there's a there's. Like I said, there's reasons for all of it. I'll explain it to you. You may or may not care. You may not ever remember any of it. But I want you to at least have the knowledge of it at the end. And you go, okay, so when you walk away from the webinar, I've given you everything you can to make a wedding program and make it correctly and that it's in the right order. And I'll, and I even say at the end of it, I go, listen, I am yours until the day you get married. Ooh, so I if you it. don't have Nicole at your church, if you don't have somebody that's going to walk you guys through all of this and you just have a priest going, yeah, you guys are just going to stand there and it'll be fine, then I'll, I'll be there for you. I mean, not physically, I love but, it. you know, I, I'm here. You call me, tell me what you need. I'll walk you through all of this over the phone and take you right up to it. And it'll be fine. It, it will be fine. Whether or not the priest does something wacky or not, going to be fine. and you're still going to be married but i love that yes. and i love that like you you they can they can be sitting on their couch hanging out drinking a glass of wine and yeah like looking at your webinar at their leisure and that they can follow up and say oh my god nicole we're freaking out because here's the situation and you take that on case by case and i think that's yeah. i think that's so special because that's something i feel like they wouldn't know to do so as we wrap things up where can everyone find you i mean i want website instagram tell me everything so that when people ask me where to find you i'm like uh <laughs> i made it super easy it's called how to plan a catholic wedding.com wow that is easy i love it how to plan a catholic wedding.com you hear that brideys yep. that is how to plan a catholic wedding.com that's where the blog is that's where you can find the webinar um instagram i'm not terribly great at instagram but you could find me at your wedding coach oh I um, that's love also it. where i have pinterest um and so we've got links to the articles on there but um, I just posted a, a, a piece yesterday about planning a Catholic wedding in six months. Wow. Um, there's something up there about, and then within that, it links to the paperwork thing, because there's a lot of paperwork with Catholic weddings. 
But there's also <laughs> a great piece that I have on what you need to do to be ready for your rehearsal. Oh, that's um, fantastic. There's a lot of things that I go through with my brides. I've got a worksheet. And I go, did you get this? I need these things. I need you guys to bring them or have them or send them to me ahead of time. So that when we get to the rehearsal, we're moving. And you're we're not, not scrambling. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the, yeah, the, in, in order to be ready for this, this is what I need from you. And so, yes. so that they're not there. Like you're not, it's like a, it's like studying for the test, like cramming the day of, you know, it's, you want to be ready for it. You want to be done. Right. Oh right. my goodness. Yeah. Well, Nicole, you are so fun to talk to. And and I, I knew it the day I talked to you a few weeks ago. And today, seriously, your anecdotes cracked me up. Like, I, like <laughs> seriously. And I and I appreciate that because I, I think it all comes down to just being as prepared as you can be. And then being okay with the shit that goes wrong, too. Absolutely. And, you know? So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You are amazing. Again, guys, you can find Nicole at howtoplanacatholicwedding.com. And then... And if you search, you can find her Instagram, which she's told me she's going to get better at. Um, (laughs) But no, and I like, thank you. I learned a lot today. I hope everyone else did. I'm just going to close out the show. So I truly, truly appreciate we, this is episode two of season three and we are bitchless bride and beyond. We have some fabulous shows coming up with, with guests that are a little bit different than we've done from season one to season two. I'll be Instagramming and sharing all of that with you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please email me at hello at bitchlessbride.com. Instagram is bitchlessbride and beyond. And so is the website. And that's brand new, peeps. So listen, you can uh, you, you can just listen and, and enjoy. And we hope you learn a lot. Don't forget to subscribe. Give me five and review. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you. That's all I got, peeps. Thank you. Thank you.